0: Can I just have a word?
1: Can I have a word with you?
0: I feel like it doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Would you you let let me speak? speak? Okay, do it. (laughs) Okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. Welcome back to the Nail Polish Sisters. In today's episode, we're going to explore the Australian wilderness... Koalas and tigers and bears. Oh my! Oh my! Nor, alrighty guys, <laughs> welcome nor. back. Nor, Cleor, the condensation. Nor, <laughs> Cleor, Nor, Nor. Um, guys, so our guest, her name is Rose. She's very cool. Rose Macalise, to say the least. Rose is a screenwriter, a spoken word poet, a freelance journalist, mother to bats, the dog, and a fucking living legend. And a DJ. This episode, we're talking about all things art and creativity and just some freeform podcasting, if you will. But it all kind of centers around, you know, people's
0: tastes, people's likes, people's dislikes, people being me, Bella and Rose.
1: Mm -hmm. And you guys can chime in with your opinions, too, if if you feel like you want to comment on what we're discussing. This is a really interesting episode. It's very conversation-based, I'd say. It doesn't feel so much like an interview, but rather just a fun little convo between friends. And you'll learn a lot, even even maybe about Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. And Omer Apollo. Omer Apollo. And the internet. The internet. So, stay tuned for our gal, Mother of Bats. Welcome, DJ Rose Gold! <laughs> Please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Nail Polish Sisters. Today, we have a very fun, funky, and fabulous guest. Her name is Rose McAleese. 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 And a little fun fact we have here she was born on Halloween, and the doctor was wearing a spider costume. That is funky and fresh. She's been featured in the New York Times, TEDx Women and Talks. Woohoo! TED Women Talks. Hell yeah. Women she was a women. screenwriting fellow for NBC Universal. She's written on multiple feature films and TV shows and is currently a writer on the hit stars series BMF. And season two just premiered a couple weeks ago. So check that shit out. Check it out. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about taste, specifically ours when it comes to film, TV, and music, and Rose's as well. And please give a warm welcome to Rose. Rose, 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 Rose. Hi,
0: ladies. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. We're so happy to have you. so exciting.
2: No, when when Lauren told me you guys wanted me on the podcast, I was like, I am so honored.
0: (laughs) I can't wait. Well, I listened to your episodes on Broke Girl Therapy, and I I was legit peeing my pants. So we've been saying to Lauren every time, she's like, you know, Rose, and we're like, what do you mean? Why are you saying that? Like, we wouldn't die to have her on. Like, legitimately, we would die. And now our dream is oh, 11, my 11-11 wish came true.
1: Hell yeah, it did. Oh my God. <laughs> You're 11, eleven.
2: I fucking love that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Am I allowed to yeah. cuss? I'm so... Heck yeah. Okay. We were on
0: this path of, like, trying not to cuss on the podcast, but then I realized that it's 95% of my personality, so I have to continue doing it. So feel free to speak your truth.
1: Yeah. I, I will. Curse up the yin-yang. Oh,
2: because that was like, honestly, I think like fuck was like one of my first words being <laughs> like raised by Irish people. So like I do apologize. How easy and fluent it just comes out of my mouth.
1: Before stuff. we get into this, we heard you've had some funny stories being um, confused for Sersha Ronan. Oh, my. god.
2: <laughs> and I want to hear. Them. I get that a lot. Yeah, the first time was, uh, I was in a movie, I had a cameo in a movie that I helped write called American, um, American Pie, Girls Rule Hell yeah! It's on Netflix if you want to watch it and I play a lunch lady and I do like a scene where I like scoop some food and then I like wink at the girl because she's like talking about masturbation or something and someone on TikTok was like, why is Saoirse Ronan <laughs> in this like B-list Weird movie, and I was like, No, I just like look like her. And then I got mistaken for her when I saw the movie Brooklyn that she's in, and there was this woman like three rows behind me. This is at the Arc Light RIP, and she was like, Oh, it's so nice to see an actress watch her own movie. And I was like, Oh my god, who's here? (laughs) and I like looked around. And then she was like, tapped me on my shoulder. And she was like, how do you pronounce your name again? And I was like, (laughs) Rose? And she was like, oh, my God, you're not Saoirse Ronan. And I was like, no, we just look alike. (laughs) And our moms look alike, too. There's a photo, I think I posted on, like, Instagram, where it's, like, Saoirse and her mom and then me and my mom. And it's, like, they're identical. It's pretty funny.
0: That's wild. That is wild. And kind of a great person to be compared to. Yeah, that's a really good
1: person. If you're going to be compared to someone... Make it be sersha. I mean, yeah.
2: It's a great one. I mean, now that I have the bangs because I'm going through something, <laughs> I don't look like her <laughs> as much. I dyed my hair red and got bangs like everyone knew. They're and, like, mm, is Rose
1: okay? Yeah.
0: It happens.
1: It's the red hair that always is yep. the... It's always. It's the pinpoint. Is your hair not breakdown. normally red? Red,
0: red hair...
2: It, it, well, it's a red-ish, I'm naturally a redhead, and so it's like red-ish bobbin but like red hair is like the male equivalent to going blonde. Like anytime you see a dude like bleach their hair blonde, you're like... Are you all good? He's going yeah. through something. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, Pete Davidson, yep. um, all those ones. I mean, Eminem, he's always going through something. So. He... Kanye West, Frank Ocean, all went
0: blonde at one point, and well... And look at them now.
1: of... I mean, some of them are- Frank of Ocean. Oh, Frank Ocean.
0: I have been on a Frank Ocean kick as of this past couple weeks. Not that I'm not always having him as a kick, but like specifically just listening to all of his albums all the way through. What are your thoughts on Frank Ocean? Oh my God. I
2: love He's Frank great. Ocean. I absolutely am obsessed with Frank Ocean. I remember my introduction to him was when he came out with Nostalgic Ultra, it's like his first mixtape. It's like what Nova Kane, Swim Good, Songs for Women. On Channel Orange? That came out.
1: N- no, before it's Channel like a Orange. It's like Orange. Oh cover. my God, look for it. You know it. It's, yeah,
2: it's green. And then there's like a, uh, I think like a, I want to say like a beamer on it or something, or like an orange, bright orange beamer. But it's like, it is quintessential. I think it came out in 2011 or 2010. But yeah, it's a really great, classic album. And he does a cover. On a Eagles song, and the Eagles were like, "No, you have to change the song. We're not going to do it." But it's a mixtape, and it's one of my favorites. And he's which, just which like Eagles song. I think it was like California Hotel, California. He like samples. Oh yes, the, and it's like a, his a song, wedding American one, wedding. Right? Yep, it's so good. And that's like I love him. Frank Ocean is the best. But what I've been really on is Frank Ocean adjacent is Omar Apollo. Mm-hmm. So if Frank Ocean and Bad Bunny had a baby, it would be Omar Apollo. Gotta get on that. I love that you guys guys said that at the same time. (laughs) I've been waiting for that. I listen to the (laughs) the podcast and anytime you guys say something together, it's it's, it's pure magic. You know,
0: I think that we are so, it's really funny because people are always like, oh my God, you guys just, we don't even notice when we do it anymore. I feel like because we do it so often. This is life for us. But there was this one, we were playing this game just to prove to people that we're like not faking our synchronicity of life. We did this game where it's like you do a three, two, one, and then you say the word and then it usually takes you a couple tries to get it. But we just both went, we've never played the game before and we just went three, two, one, and we both said water at the same time, just randomly. It was so weird. It was so odd. I love that
2: game. I always try to play it
0: with Lauren and she's terrible <laughs> at it. So we now... I bet Lauren could...
1: We now just have a code. to
0: do it with us now too. Like... Yeah, Lauren's
1: definitely oh. figured out the way our brains work.
0: I feel For really sure. like really attached to Lauren in a way that's like borderline inappropriate.
1: She's mommy. Oh, she's the best. Are you she's kidding me? She's
2: such a big sister vibes. Like even as her friend who's like, you know, I'm technically like, I think you're like, nope, Lauren's older than me by a month, I think. A singular bump. Anyways, that doesn't matter. So Omar Apollo. <laughs> Omar Apollo. He, he has a great song called Evergreen, which I'm obsessed with. And then another great song called Mr. Neighbor. And then Tamagotchi is a really good song. But yeah, he's like, there's a rumor that him and Frank Ocean dated. And they had like a call me by your name <laughs> Italian love affair, like in the summer. And then they broke up. And then basically this album is like about their breakup so like we're so used to frank ocean talking about his breakups it's nice to be like oh, he's the villain in yeah. someone else's story wow you know i love when that happens
0: when you get both sides of the story but
2: yeah. and frank ocean his new album should be coming out oh soon God. so maybe we'll hear his side. God, is he doing know? coachella
1: this year yes
0: he
2: is yeah
1: that's is what he? i thought yeah i guess well, i'll the have most to go basic question of all time are you doing coachella i've never been hate talking about it um, okay, then we won't talk. Fuck Coachella. We won't talk about no, it. No, no, no. We can talk about it. I just feel like every time anyone from L.A. talks about it, it's like, oh, Coachella. Dude, But fuck it's just a big-ass concert. So, like, of course, you're going to ask questions about it. I don't like going, to be honest. Have you? So how many times have you gone? A lot. Really? I only. want to say, like, four or five times.
0: I went twice, in, both times in high school, but— the second year, like it was all the rage. Everybody was like talking about going, and my mom said to me, she was like, "You have an option. You can go to Coachella, or we can go to New York and you can see Hamilton." And I was like, "Is that even a question?" Obviously, I'm going to Hamilton. And so all my friends went to Coachella, and I was just watching Hamilton, living out my dreams.
2: Oh my god, you're such a good theater kid. That's a great answer. <laughs>
0: great choice.
2: I don't I'm the get most theatery. Oh my God. I love, I know. I've no, look, ladies, I listen to the pod. I know. (laughs) I like theater kid to theater kid. We get it. I've never been to Coachella and I low key kind of refuse to go if not only because I don't want to get dirty. Like I don't understand like going to a festival (laughs) and then just be covered in dust at the end of it.
0: But you kind of strike me as a festival girl. Like you seem like you would like love to like get down and roll and like, vibe in the crowd to, like, Frank. You know what I mean?
2: I I have, and I do. So I used to be a music journalist for a really long time, and so I used to be a festival girly, but, like, what it is is Lollapalooza, bumper mm. shoe, like, made in America, like, a festival in a city. Like, I need to be able to leave, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. like the so idea fair. of, the outdoors. The most outdoor festival I think I've gone to is Sasquatch in Seattle, R.I.P. It's, like, out yeah. Yeah, that's like my only one that I could go. But that was also you could leave. Like it's only an hour and a yeah. half like 90 minute drive. So thank you for thinking that about me though. I've been wanting <laughs> to go talking. to Burning Man. That's a thing that's Rose- like Yeah, kind of on. you strike
1: me as a Burning Man person and also, for
0: sure. For the listeners, Rose is also a DJ.
1: Rose is a DJ. DJ Rose Gold. DJ Rose Gold. DJ it's Rose a Gold. self
2: it's just definitely a self-proclaimed
1: title. Like,
2: I gave it to myself. <laughs> you better
0: self-proclaim that shit.
2: Who else is I, going that, to? I mean, yeah. It's, so I'm DJ Rose Gold, and my tag is, like, no requests, because I <laughs> I won't do it. Like, you request something, I'm like, no. There's a vibe. There's a melody. I know where I'm going. There's a story, you know? you got to live your life mm-hmm. like you're in a movie. So there's a soundtrack to the party. And you can sense it when you're like, okay— right now we're going to play some like carol king we're going to get into the mood you know some tapestry and then you can elevate to like some outcasts you know some like moody stuff and then you can move into like my favorite poet of all times too short and then just like go from there and like elevate the party too short too short oh my god can i educate you about too short Please. please Okay, Too Short is a uh, rapper from the Bay Area. He's absolutely amazing. You probably know his um, number one hit poem or song, Blow the Whistle, which is probably going to be my funeral song, if not only because (laughs) of the opening line, which is, I go on and on, make these bitches ask how I last so long. It must be superpowers.
1: Oh, must be a superpower. Kanye sampled it. It's Drake.
2: Is it Drake? Yes, Drake, right? Where he's, Drake does it with... he does twenty five cent on twenty five mil, and it's Tyga, Little Wayne, and I think there's like one more person on the track. But he, it's a sample of a Bay Area. Um, yeah, and thing. I'm on the same thing,
0: and I'm yes. on a Tennessee.
2: Yes, a CC. Right? Oh wait, no, that's yeah. the other song. That song is Drake <laughs> I must have and had DJ Khaled.
1: What is that?
2: Yeah. It's that from is Drake. Drake, Drake on. So DJ you're telling Calib. me Drake's
1: not even original? No. Wait, have you you never
2: fallen down the rabbit hole that is Drake steals like, the cadence? That is such an argument, though,
1: because— Rose, you're speaking my language. That's such an argument. you have no idea. Are you not not a Drake fan? Wait, are you not a Drake fan? I'm not. Not really. And everyone always yells at me when I say I'm not a Drake fan. And I don't have any reason to back it up. I just don't love Drake's music.
2: I wrote an article, like— I don't know, like maybe 10 years ago at this point. And it was very controversial because I said, Drake is the greatest female rapper at that time. (laughs) Because (laughs) because I was like, he understands the ladies, men tolerate him. He's very, um, he can go emotional. And then he could go, like, he could be in Marvin's room. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, on headlines or like that great verse he did for the LeBron James documentary forever. (laughs) Like, or, you know, I, fucking problems with two chains. Like, he can go off. But if you look at the numbers, like, he is a really good female rapper. And then my other problem <laughs> with him is he is so toxic now. Like, he was really, like, he was like, Nice for What is a feminist anthem. I'm sorry. I know you yeah, can hate Drake, it, but I love this It's a bad nice bitch anthem.
1: What. I like that album. It's the more recent stuff I don't really like that he does. Well, Nice for What is kind of recent? Um, t-
2: 2000,
1: I wanna say 16? Yeah, I think we were in high school when Nice for What came out, and I I correlate high school Drake as good Drake. I also yeah. wrote a paper, senior year of high school, comparing
2: Drake to the great Gatsby, and that Daisy represented the rap game and how he was trying so hard to like hide away from his Degrassi pass and like he didn't want anyone to know that he was like secretly like kind of a scammer and like a liar. Um I got an F on that paper, but that was fun.
0: <laughs> that is truly legendary Thank
1: you. <laughs> I would have given you an a oh my god thank you so that's much. Extremely that's
0: extremely creative though. that's so
1: creative though like if a teacher read that then they just they don't get it because comparing Drake to Daisy or comparing rap to Daisy and if you think about it, it's like the American dream it's
2: like that's what Daisy is and then if you like break mm-hmm. it down like Drake was really trying to like woo this rap industry from being this like child actor and then like Little Wayne was like okay I'll take a bet on this kid you know and then he did like bedrock with like Nicki Minaj yeah and then um, and then he did that song, I Wish I Could Fuck Every Girl in the World. But then he kind of fell off. And her loss, I feel like, is the male equivalent to a girl saying, I just think it's funny that, so like, her loss is just, it's a stupid. I don't like it. It's a bad album. I like Best I Ever Had. Oh, that is a great one. Take Care is another great album of Drake's that I think is really good. Yeah, t- I
0: like Take Care. Is Kanye, which one did Kanye produce? find your love yes i better find your love that's a good one RB find, drake but, is a good
2: Drake. yeah r&b drake so, all the way i was hotline bling for halloween one year and that was like probably my best costume you were hotline that's a really bling. good idea yeah i was like literally a pink phone and you would like press the number five and like the song would start singing like playing and then i like handed out like little cards that was like late night when you need some love and you could write your name and phone number and like give it to a stranger and there was like a condom attached so that was like my costume
1: that's so creative i want to be rose when i grow up me too <laughs> rose and lauren can we be oh the next God. rose and lauren would,
0: uh it would be my honor
2: <laughs> it's an honor and it's a privilege what i, I to tell be. my mom she has grandkids because you know i'll make her happy the only grandkid she has is bats and like that's good enough <laughs> you know
1: that's so cute i love bats We'll just insert a photo. Bats and Milo need to have a playdate. I wish I could just put bats a photo of bats right here. I'll send them behind you. Yeah, just right here in my palm.
2: Well, I was going to ask you, what are some of your favorite artists? We talked about how we didn't like Drake,
1: but like, who are some people you're vibing with right now? SZA, SZA, SZA. We love SZA. I'm vibing with her album. Um, I'm currently on a Red Hot Chili Peppers kick. Thanks to Jamie. Flea. Flea was in Babylon. Was he
2: really... I stopped watching that movie. Sorry for the spoilers, but, like, you're gonna have two bodily functions within the 15-minute mark? No. I had to stop.
1: I didn't like that. I agree. That was a lot.
2: And it's, like, the... theory that people don't care about movies is, like, hard to sell in this day and age. Like, his overall arc that, like, this is, like, art matters and, like, movies are important. And it's like, no shit, Damien. I'm in a movie theater trying to watch... Well, I was watching a screener. I wasn't in the movie theater. You supported him. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I just wasn't... I wasn't blown away by it. But, I mean, I also feel like it was such pure Oscar bait. And sometimes if you have too many... Like amazing actors, I feel like that that
0: can that can backfire, you know. And that's how I felt about it. I agree with that. I feel like sometimes, and I've been saying this for a long time, but like when you stack a cast that hard, it's it's almost hard to follow. I haven't seen Babylon. Oh,
1: good point. But like, that's how I felt about the menu. Oh, I loved the menu. I I had my
2: moments with the menu because I feel like with the menu, one of the issues that I had was like the motivation of him. Oh, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler. Well, no, the motivation of him targeting certain people at that restaurant. I was like, that's not a good enough excuse. Like,
1: yeah, agreed. It just felt like there were a lot of holes in the plot of the menu and Babylon like wasn't a perfect movie, but for three hours, I was entertained, which I think is an impressive thing to do, that if you can just keep me watching something for three hours. But then again, I was in a theater, so I didn't have the chance to turn it off. Well, and that makes sense, because I feel like
2: sometimes I watched the Actors on Actors interview of Jamie Lee Curtis and Colin Farrell, and Colin Farrell was making this really interesting debate about how he, how he was like, movies are art, so art is everywhere. So even if it's like a silly movie or like a blockbuster, like it's still art because art conve- conveys like an emotion. Ocean reaction. So if you're like having fun and you're enjoying it, then that's like good art for you. And that's fine. And so I think that like, you know, people always think that good movies are just Oscar movies. And it's like, first of all, Clueless is an Oscar snubbed movie. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. But like, you know, people kind of scoff at it because it's like a teenage movie, but it's a great adaptation and it's smart and it's clever. And people quote it more than the movie that won the Oscar that year, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: I also think with art, like, and that goes into the idea of this entire episode of it being taste and stuff is it doesn't necessarily have to be what is considered good to like an elite level or like super smart or anything. I think like it is in the vein of like, if it's entertaining and you sit there and you enjoy whatever you're watching, then like you've done your job at the end of the day because art is supposed to be a form of entertainment. Yeah. Like why wasn't Twilight nominated? I'm sorry. Well, Twilight isn't like, isn't like there's a lot of plot holes in twilight
0: but there's also a lot of plot holes in a lot of movies that are nominated you know
1: what i'm saying like well i, I think know. it's all political too it's like if if you're getting nominated there's like art and then there's also like how much money is into it yeah. yeah to campaign for it i will say though twilight does um crack me up if only because
2: of the like you know what is it bella loco where you been or whatever that thing that everyone quotes I mean, I even think that, like, something which is the polar opposite of the Oscars is, like, the Razzies. And sometimes the Razzies are also really entertaining because it's, like, we still applaud camp. Like, the the fact that Vogue and the Met Gala had camp, like, as a theme, like, that shit matters. It's its own art. Like, when you think of camp, you think of, like, John Waters and, like, kind of, like, bad taste and tacky, which kind of, like, comes around in the culture and it becomes cool again. Right. And it's just this idea that like cult classic movies are always the movies that get referenced when you make an Oscar film, you know? And so it's Mm -hmm. just like, I mean, if you think about, you know, Damon, uh, what is his name? The guy who did black Swan. Like if you think about his first movie, it's like Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. If you look at his, like, you know, compared to like black Swan and then also now the whale, you're kind of like, okay, that's a huge leap. And he's like, he's growing out as, as an artist and his taste is like changing but he started off liking cult classic movies. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Peter Jackson's first film, which was like a kind of fucked up Fraggle Rock, and it's it's if I anyone knows about this, it's very weird, but if you watched that movie and then told me that man was going to do Lord of the Rings, I would be like, "No, there's no way. It's a terrible movie." <laughs>
1: it's like The Room. I constantly quote that. What happened? The Room? The Room. Oh, hi Mark.
0: Oh, hi Mark. But I think there is something to be said about um, that taste does change and it does evolve. So, you know, I also think it's very mindset dependent as well. So, like, if I watch a movie when I have a good mindset, I'm more willing to invest in it. Whereas if I watch it in a day where I'm not willing to invest, I'm going to have a different opinion. So I think subjective is the best word to use for all of this stuff is like, you know, because it's also very personal to every person.
1: And I feel like that's also similar with, it goes into the idea of writing and you're a writer. And for example, I read, I was reading the uh, play called The Goat yesterday, which is by Edward Albee. And he did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and Zoo Story. And I don't know if you've ever read The Goat, but it is one of the most fucked up plays I've ever read in my entire life. But it oddly draws so many like it asks questions that are so uncomfortable that you don't want to ask societally. And when you read it, like I guarantee a lot of people would read that play and it would just go over their heads and be like, what a sick man who wrote this. But if you read it and look at it for like what the purpose of it is, yeah. it kind of blew my mind on like many one of those scales. Where it's like,
2: you know, that age old quote where it's like art comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfort. And so when you consume something like the Go, which I have never read, but I have read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And that's like, I mean, even then, that's a, it's a great play. It's a great I movie, great play. adaptation, but it's like, it's so messed up in a lot of ways. and But it addressed... So many deeper meanings yeah. of like, what does it mean to be a female artist? What does it mean to deal with like misogyny? What does that have to do with? I mean, class plays such a huge aspect in that film. But yeah, it's this idea that a lot of people I think sometimes aren't ready to consume something. It's about timing and like where you are in your life because I feel like we were talking about Drake and it's like his music made more sense or you loved it more when you were in high school because it's like nostalgia and like now that he's changing and growing it's like not really the vibe anymore so it's like taste taste can evolve and like (laughs) all your kind of like feelings towards certain things evolve and they get better over time like revisiting red hot chili peppers it's like some people were shit talking about them like 10 years ago and now they're like flea is one of the greatest like Artists of all time, and like it comes back into like mainstream media and like pop culture.
0: That's happening with me with Nirvana right now. Yeah, Nirvana too.
1: Big, big artist.
0: Yeah. Pick. I've been watching, I've just been listening on repeat to the MTV Unplugged just all the way through. I I once partied in
2: his house because I had a high school friend. That's sick. That's really cool. I had a high school friend who his family lived in Kurt's old house, the one where he, you know, they ended it all. And we always thought it was haunted. Like we always had this like vibe that like when iPods were still like a thing, we would play a song and, like, then all of a sudden it would just, like, stop. And we were like, oh, I don't think Kurt likes that song. You know, so it's <gasps> very wild. I know. And he also, um, his family, they moved in, I think, a few years after everything. and they, But they kept the wall that had all the, like, heights of everyone. So it would be, like, Francis Bean, Elton John, uh, you know, Courtney. And, like, they just kept that, which I thought was really cool. That's cool. And Nirvana's the best. That's really cool.
0: My writing teacher in college was some um, Courtney Love's brother. And everybody knew it. was my icon. But he didn't know that anybody knew it. So he'd always be like, my sister's husband. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he would make all these references. And I was like, I know what you're doing. I know you'd be talking about Kurt. My sister's
2: husband killed himself. Or maybe my sister killed him. Just kidding. I won't start conspiracy theories. But.
0: <laughs> Whoa. You've no. heard that
2: one, right? I've never heard no, that I've one. No, I've never heard that one. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you want to stay a Courtney fan because there's a whole, like, conspiracy theory that she's the one that did it.
1: What? I'm, like, shocking you. You I'm should so go far. into the house with the Ouija board and ask Kurt. Oh, my God. Why did I think about that?
2: I, I don't even know if if my friends, like, I don't think they live in that house anymore, but I really should, like break into it or see. No, I won't break into it. Oh, I'm not going to admit that on a podcast. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. I allegedly. Yeah, I should break in. I'm so used to That's like a talking. wild theory. It, it, but it's weird. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about bad taste. I think it's like really sometimes insensitive when people like think about those kind of theories, you know, like the OJ of it all and like the Kurt of it all, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is actually what happened. And it's like, okay, well, someone still died. Like, yes, it would be nice to know who did it, but like, also, maybe it's just like, let sleeping dogs lie. Like, don't have to yeah. re traumatize these families. Just
1: let them
0: be in peace. Yeah,
1: just someone dies, and then people just constantly like try and bring up past things and say bad things about them. That like, it kind of drives me crazy whenever you see a celebrity death, and it's like, just let them rest in peace. They are dead now. You don't need to just let them go. They literally are not on this earth anymore. People suck.
2: People don't need to say everything that's on their mind. And because well, that's the other thing is I feel like sometimes this society is built so much on what you hate instead of like yeah. what you enjoy and what you like. Like the amount of times I've like talked to someone, especially in my industry, where you talk to a writer and you're like, oh, I really like the show. And they're like, oh, I hate it. It's terrible. And you're like, okay, well, I really like this book. Oh, fuck that book. I hate it. And you're just like, Okay the list of things you like is shorter. And I just don't think that's productive or good. However, yeah. I do think hate, um, if you can like filter and process your hate into something that is passion, then I think it's really great to be like, I hate that so much that I'm going to turn it to be positive, And then I'm going to make something in response of it. Right? Like most mm-hmm. of my stuff that I write, I'm always like, man, I hated that movie. I'm going to write a better movie. And then, like, I'm filtering it (laughs) in the sense of, like, trying to make something productive out of it. But I just feel like sometimes people just think that, like, to be cool is to, like, hate a bunch of shit when really it's like, no, not everything.
0: Well, I think also that goes into just a bigger thing of it's just a tale as old as time. People are not interested in the positive. They don't gain anything from knowing that somebody's doing well or, like, happy in their marriage or love loves their work or you know what I mean or are really easy to work with. It's always like this person's a horrible person and they're cheating on their wife and they're like that's more interesting to people because it's something they can grab onto and feel like they're connected to it even though they're not, you know, and I feel like it's just the same as hating. Like why are you hating on random things? I don't know.
2: And it's also like one of those things where it's like, you know, who you fuck don't make me come. What you eat doesn't make me shit. Like why should I be mad about someone's successes? if it's not going to like affect me, I mean, the great RuPaul was like, pay them no mind basically because they're not paying your bills. So it's just like, there's a lot of people I think that thrive on that because there's an importance and there's like an invalidation that comes from hating something and like being better than the thing that you aren't. And it's like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that, you know, have a lot of pride in that, which is like fine, but that's just something you got to work out in
0: therapy, babe. That's too, that's too much. But people are using Twitter and social media as their therapy. I think, I don't that know really where, but I think somewhere along the line, I was like, I'm just going to not pretend to, to know about things. Like, I'm just not. Because then I don't gain anything from it, and neither does the person I'm faking to know something about. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like, for in a mutually beneficial way, I will be honest about the fact that I have no idea what they're talking about. Because then you learn something.
2: And there's absolutely nothing wrong with learning. I mean, I feel like there's kind of this weird stunt of like growth that is happening in the society where we just are kind of like stop learning and we just like process things on ourselves instead of having like productive conversations like this, where it's like we're getting to know each other better because of like the things that we like and we don't like. But you can just do the research and then become like a better person that way. You know what I mean? Like, I just love Mm -hmm. that point you made because it's just like you don't need to be there's nothing wrong with being, like, in not in the know. I mean, you know, it's like, I'm, I don't want to be the smartest person in any room. That, like, scares me.
1: All right, Rose, our next question for you is, who do you think is going to take home the Oscar for best screenplay?
2: Oh, best screenplay. I would have to say t- uh, Tar. I was, I was obsessed with Tar. I thought it was absolutely amazing, and it was incredible, I would like uh, Women Talking to win Best Adaptation, and I would really like Tar to win Best Original Screenplay. Because Kate's little, like, amazing monologue when she's in Juilliard teaching that class yeah. is just pure things. It was like, don't be eager to be offended. Like, oh, that was amazing. It was amazing. That kind of ties into it's- what we were just talking about. Yes, the idea of like offensiveness and everything. But that's like what I want. What frustrates me, though, is that like I hate when a movie is nominated for best picture and then is not in any other categories. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like Top Gun, you have best song and best picture. Like, I don't know. That's weird.
1: Well, I think it's just it was such a grand movie. They had to give it kudos like the the movie itself was absolutely an experience.
2: It was. I I mean, I won't lie. It was like very fun, especially because it was like the beginning of the end of our like lockdown. It was like a celebration, like the most American thing ever. Like we did it. We survived.
1: (laughs) We did it. And also like, I remember leaving the theater and just like feeling thrilled. Like you just felt like you went on a ride at like Six Flags. Like it was just, it, it did, it jolted my body. Like it did something internally to me that I really enjoyed. Cause you don't get that often leaving a theater. Oh, you're riding high like on that physical response. 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was in those planes, you know, I was flying I was up there with them men. You're done. Before we need to wrap this up, this wonderful combo that we will resume on a part two at some point, because I'm really enjoying it. Um, final question for you. What was the last thing you ordered on Amazon? Okay. Oh my
2: God. I won't go on my rant on how much I hate Amazon because I'm from Seattle and it's like ruined my hometown. Oh my God. Girl. Well, queen! It, hey, Amazon's never paid taxes ever towards Seattle and it's ruined my hometown. But other than that, the last thing I ordered on Amazon, um, I think was like, Oh God, you know what it was? It was a jacket for bats. It was heck. A, yeah. I
1: love it when people order stuff for their pets on Amazon. That's was the like purpose a, of Amazon. It is. I got her, like, a
2: Missy Elliott-inspired, like, black puffer jacket. <laughs> <laughs> we must be sent a photo of that immediately. That's fabulous. That's what I did. That was the last thing. Um, things. But Amazon needs to pay their taxes, and they're terrible to Seattle. Okay, that's it. Hey, Rose. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rose underscore Etta Stone. I also have a blog, the new blog on theblock.com, where I talk about pop culture and depression.
1: Hell yeah, I should read it. Right, it's fun. Those are my two favorite things. Me too. All right. Well, Rose, darling, thank you for coming on and spending this time talking with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh my God, of course. I would love to have the part two be in person, so at least we don't have any technical difficulties. So
0: I really look forward to hanging out with you. Yes, I love that. Get on over here.
1: Two, three. Welcome back to... Surprise, motherfucker. As you guys know, the way the drill goes, Lauren sends us something to talk about. The way the drill goes. I'm not going to explain all of it because I've explained it in at least... However many episodes we've done. So last week, the Oscar nominations came out. Me and Jamie are going to discuss who we think will win best picture, who we what we thought was the best picture ourselves. As you guys know, this episode was about taste. Taste is objective rather than subjective. I think a taste is subjective. Not yes, objective. you're right. Taste is subjective, not objective. As I was saying it, I was like, I just reversed those, didn't I? Yeah, but they sound really similar, so I really don't. No, but subjective is, like, to each your own. Yeah. Objective is, like, facts. Taste is subjective, so. You imagine if you were, like, yeah, taste is objective. Taste is objective. Not <laughs> subjective.
0: Whatever we say here <laughs> is goes. go. Um,
1: go. So, <laughs> out of all of, out of, we have a list of the Best Picture nominations. Who do you think is going to take Best Picture?
0: Why don't we take a look, sweetheart?
1: Okay. I haven't seen all of them. And what I will say Disclaimer and something that drives me absolutely insane is if people, when people comment on things they haven't seen yet. Like my mom was telling me a story, she got dinner with someone and the woman said, Babylon is simply unwatchable. And I said, Well, did she watch it? And she said, No. And I was like, Well, then clearly it's unwatchable because you didn't turn it on. To be fair, watch it first before you just start assuming. Because you heard XYZ say it wasn't good. Like, watch it. I liked Babylon.
0: Well, to that point, I have not seen a lot of these movies. So I will only talk about the one that you've seen and that I've seen. Okay, but I I think
1: that's fair. Comment on what you know. Don't speak on what you don't know, because you can't based off someone else's opinion. I don't think it's fair to formulate your own opinion unless you've seen it. And as we've said, taste is subjective. Created an opinion on it yourself. Don't go off of what someone else is saying. Yeah, I'm kind of of that camp, you know? Yeah. Like I've never seen Elvis, so I can't comment on the movie. I'm sure it's amazing because I think Baz Luhrmann's amazing. Yeah, but, but you like, can
0: say things like that, like you know, you you appreciate Baz Luhrmann's work, so yeah. you can understand and appreciate that his film would probably be good.
1: A hundred percent. Like the Banshees of Inner Sharon, I told every person to go see that movie because my dad it loved was that movie. Amazing, he loved it. It was amazing.
0: But like, see, that's me commenting on like, oh, I heard that it was amazing. Exactly.
1: I saw it so I can say it's amazing and go see it because it's, you cry, you laugh. It's just, it's twisted. It's dark. It's sick. It's Martin McDonough. He's awesome. Also, the movie is so beautiful. Like Ireland is stunning, whatever island they shot it on. Really cool. And we love to see Irish actors doing well, you know?
0: Your computer gonna die, go.
1: Oh no, I gotta plug it in. Please Hold. Sorry about that. Computer almost died. I Computer look like dying. I should be in the Banshees of Inner Sharon as the Banshee herself walking down the roads.
0: The only thing I can comment on and I'm happy to do so is everything everywhere all at once. <sighs> so good. We saw that together.
1: Yeah. And we cried. We and cried, We laughed, we And laughed. we held hands. And it was a beautiful theatrical experience. I've I literally been thought a you really... were playing Candy Crush and I was about to punch you in the no, face. No, no. <laughs>
0: um, I've been having a really hard time watching movies. <gasps> Yes. And I think that that's my comment on this surprise motherfucker today is that I've just been really not wanting to invest.
1: You know why, you guys? It's because Jamie hasn't stopped playing Candy Crush for the last week, and that's all she can focus on.
0: I think it's contributing madly to my depression, but also, I don't know. I've just been like, if I'm going to sit down, I want to just not...
1: But movies allow you to just not, don't you think? Sometimes. I'm back on a movie kick. I was I was in the same boat as you for a minute where I was like, eh. But then I'm now, mama's back. Yeah, you are back in it right now. Let's see what else we've watched. Banshees was good. I haven't seen the first Avatar.
0: Oh, I loved the first Avatar. That's one of the best. Honestly, James Cameron is a fierce motherfucker.
1: Tar, amazing. I amazing. love Amazing. She's amazing. That. So who
0: do you think is going to win?
1: Best actor. I think will go to Brendan Fraser because For the whale. whale was
0: you I am very nervous to watch that movie. It
1: it will destroy you. His performance, everything about it, it just just the story itself, it will just rip your heart out and stomp on it but again a million like, times over. Do you
0: understand why I'm not really ready to get it? Like I just don't I, I can understand that it but would be an amazing movie. You I just cry
1: and I don't then you're cry. done with it. You know? I don't you let those cry. tears go. You eventually those tears go away because it is a movie. So once you kind of leave the theater or whatever it is that what's the, the word I'm looking for? Not dissipate, but the when you go to see a movie, it or when you see a play, it the disbelief, suspension of disbelief. Thank you. Once you leave the theater, you turn the movie off. The suspension of disbelief does leave Subside. and then you're no longer feeling it because you're like, oh, it's a character. Yes, it's based in some truth, but it's not a true story. I
0: just feel like that kind of story would rock me for like a long time. Like I think I would be thinking about
1: it a lot. It, yeah, I thought about it probably for a week afterwards, but truthfully we're all narcissistic people and life catches up to you and you stop thinking about the story. Um and then for, and for best a- movie? It's Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, Andrea Riseborough. Oh, for Mich- women. Um yes. Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, Michelle Yeoh and I think she'll take it. Michelle Yeoh was fuck cuz that was amazing. Fire. She's so good. She's so good and she made again crying. But I love but all the actresses cry. that
0: were nominated. I love Cate Blanchett. I love Michelle Williams.
1: Yeah. Those were our predictions and now we're taking it into Okay. Hot take.
0: I'm so excited for Succession to come back. I'm so excited.
1: Hot take. Al Pacino is everything and more. Alpi? Alpi Al Pacini. Al Pacini. <laughs> Al Pacini. Salini. Al Pacini Balls. <laughs> Al Pacini. And honestly, if you haven't seen Scent of a Woman, I'm really late because that movie was done many moons ago. Shout out to Chris O'Donnell. We love shout you. Shout out. Shout out to a phenomenal movie. And shout out to Al Pacini. Al Pacini. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Gianulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The Nail, the Nail Polish, Polish Sisters, Sisters is a Gulfstream <laughs> Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points.